Praise the Lord. What a joy to be here this morning to worship the Lord in our homes and uh, we are so glad that you have connected with us online today. We welcome you once again for this worship service this morning. I trust that you have enjoyed worshiping the Lord and being in the presence of the Lord, exalting His name on high. And I pray that you will continue to stay uh, and listen to the word of God. This morning the Lord has a very special word for us. And He will speak to us very clearly and powerfully. Let's pray for that. Father in heaven, we come to you in Jesus' name. We pray that you would speak to us, Lord. We pray that you will enlighten our hearts. We pray that you will illuminate our minds. We pray that, instruct, that you will instruct us from your word. We pray that your word will continue to influence us to change. We pray that, Lord, your name will be glorified. Speak with us, we pray. Let every work of the enemy be nullified. And we pray that the Spirit of God will take over. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go on to the word of God this morning. Um, if you are watching us uh, uh, from India or from anywhere else in the world, we want you to continue to stay connected with us every week. Uh, Sunday morning we have a service in English at 8 o'clock and a service in Tamil now soon after this at 10 and a service in the evening at 6 o'clock. And this evening we're going to have the marriage enrichment session, the last one. So don't miss it. Uh, you know, it's a celebration this evening, so you don't want to miss that. And share the links with your friends as well. And so, uh, we are so happy and excited that we could uh, join together and worship God. And let's go to the Word of God this morning. Shall we look into God's Word? Uh, we're going to uh, study from the book of uh, Micah. Micah chapter 6 and verse number 8. Micah chapter 6 and verse number 8. He has showed you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. The Bible says in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So the Lord is calling uh, through Prophet Micah, uh, asking the people of Israel to turn to the Lord, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before the Lord. That is what God requires of His people. There have been times where people have actually uh, walked away from God in the uh, history of the people of Israel, in the Old Testament as you read, several times the uh, people of Israel have walked away from the Lord. There have been times where they came close to Him and He called them back and they repented, they came to Him, He had compassion on them. And there have also been times when they did not pay attention to what He was calling them to and they just ignored Him. But, you know... The Lord never stops calling his people back to him. The Lord is so gracious and loving that he continues to do that. And this is simply through prophet Micah. This is the message that he speaks. And prophet Micah speaking about him, he speaks to the southern king, kingdom of Judah during the reign of Jotham, Hezekiah and Ahaz. He foresees uh, uh, the, the, the destruction that was coming upon the capital cities of both Israel and Judah the southern and the northern kingdom. And uh, 
you know the capital cities of israel and judah would be destroyed and um, they they would uh, suffer the wrath of god and in that context um micah is speaking and this is probably in the 8th century bc and then you see if you read through um, you know in the chronological order of the sequence of events that happen um you know samaria uh, which is the capital of uh, judah falls um, Uh, the capital of israel falls into the hands of the assyrians in 722 bc and jerusalem capital of judah uh, falls to the babylonians in uh, 587 bc so this is uh, the background the, the backdrop in which uh, uh, micah is speaking about the coming destruction that is coming and so the central crux or the theme uh, the key verse that unlocks the message of the whole of the prophecy of micah is found in the text we read chapter 6 and verse 8 he has shown you o mortal what is good and what does the lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your god this is what god is expecting from the people of israel to act justly to love mercy and to walk humbly before their lord now you know why is god speaking this message that is a big question that we need to ask and that is something which micah is unpacking right from chapter 1 onwards if you look at chapter 1 and verses 5 to 7 the first thing that micah comes you know powerfully straight taking them head on he's literally taking you know the bull by its horns that's the way micah comes in into you know his prophecy in chapter 1 In verses five to seven, this is what he says: All this is because of Jacob's transgression, because of the sins of the house of Israel. What is Jacob's transgression? Is it not Samaria? What is Judah's high place? Is it not Jerusalem? Therefore, I will make Samaria a heap of rubble, a place for planting vineyards. I will pour her stones into the valley and lay bare her foundations. All her idols will be broken to pieces. all her temple gifts will be burnt with fire i will destroy all her images since she gathered her gifts from the wages of prostitutes as the wages of prostitutes they will again be used so here in micah chapter 1 verses 5 to 7 we see uh, something that uh, you know micah brings about what he's speaking about is israel's transgression and uh, he says what is jacob's transgression verse 5 you see is it not samaria you know which is a capital city he's talking about what is judah's high place is it not jerusalem again the capital city why is this a reference to these capital cities because capital cities are always hubs or main uh, melting pot of culture and 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 economy and uh, all kinds of social activities and uh, everything you know circulates around uh, this main city even today's world you find whether it's a city capital city of a state or whether it's a capital city of a country that is the economic hub that is the main location where everybody comes oh, that's a, where you have the transport system everything goes out from there um you have the main central station or the the main airport to the country and 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 that's where you know everything comes all the flights come in into that location because all the business hubs the main head offices uh, of banks or corporate enterprises everything is found in these capital locations so and so it becomes a, a place of uh, uh, you know multicultural activity and multi economy and economic and social activities all of these happen there 
and any visiting uh, delegate from any other country head of a state comes to the capital first and that's how they would not go to an obscure small village or town somewhere you know down there in the or in a, to a downtown uh, you know small uh, hamlet people always come to that main place why is the reference there about this main location because everything flows out of that whatever is the new culture that gets developed in that capital place you know that becomes that be- becomes uh, uh, the benchmark for the rest of the nation and that begins to slowly you know trickle down into the uh, tier 2 cities tier 3 cities and the towns and the villages and the little hamlets so if, if there is a new thing that is coming up in the main place from there it spreads over so that's how the sin of the people of israel was also that's why here micah actually you know goes head on taking on these capital cities and firstly uh, the problem they had was uh, there was a uh, this contagious corruption that was there and that's why he refers here saying what is jacob's transgression is it not samaria what is judah's high place is it not jerusalem and therefore i will make samaria a heap of rubble a place for planting vineyards i will pour her stones into the valley and lay bare her foundations all her idols will be broken to pieces all her temple gifts will be burned with fire i will destroy all her images since she gathered her gifts from the wages of prostitutes as the wages of prostitutes they will again be used so what is god is what god is saying here is the the pompous places are the places where the most men lived and that's where wealth and pleasure and everything happened you know and and they forgot god and they went into sin this is something that god is pointing to them and from there it trickled down into the whole of the nation and corrupted the rest of the nation and so god is saying here is a contagious corruption we had some technical issues and so we had to pause a little bit we will recontinue yeah so uh, here is micah uh, who is prophesying about uh, the sin of the people of israel and how some spiritual viruses also become very contagious in persons and places that are not uh, conspicuous that are very prominent and so as these cities are head cities of a kingdom or whether it is a chief a family of a particular enterprise or a, a nation or um, you know in a, even in a church in a parish uh, you know if it is the main uh, uh, leadership of the church uh, you know they uh, the sin there uh, you know if it is there in that family that becomes vicious and profane uh, and many will follow their perverted ways uh, that is how it was for the people of israel the transgression of jacob you know in samaria and samaria will become a heap the transgression of jerusalem you know in judah and so judah will you know have to be pulled down and it will be destroyed that is what god is saying the first thing that you see here is about a contagious corruption that micah points to now why are we talking about this this morning the point is that when there is a corruption that is in a prominent place uh, when there is a corruption in the head of the family when there is a corruption in the the lives of the parents uh, it becomes contagious and it will go into the next generation and into the whole family and into the family line also 
and the same way if if you are working in a particular place in an enterprise in a company you know in a, if you are working you know if you're leading a business if you're leading a, a team if you're leading a, you know a project uh, if you are in leadership of any kind whether it's in a corporate enterprise or whether it's in a uh, you know whether it's a church or whether it's a ministry organization or whatever it is uh, if you are in any place of influence if god has given you prominence of some kind it is important for us to realize that our sin can be very contagious you know if we get corrupted our sin can begin to spread into our whole family it can get passed on to your wife it can get passed on to your children it can get passed on to your you know next generation the grandchildren it can get passed on you know to the larger family the sin which is contagious in israel in judah is something that god is highlighting and so micah's message begins with that contagious corruption that he's talking about that's the first thing that i want to tell you and and that is something that we need to be cautious about what kind of a sin do i have in my life that is something that i need to check and if there is something that is within me as a head of a family as a leader of a church as a as someone who is involved in in influencing the lives of others if there is any sin that is within me it can get passed on to others and so uh, this is something that god is is finding you know in the people among the people of israel number 2 what you find as a sin which uh, micah is pointing to uh, and he's calling people to turn away from is uh, number 2 is called selfish grabbers firstly we talked about contagious corruption secondly selfish grabbers now read with me in micah chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2 oh to those who plan iniquity to those who plot evil on their beds at morning's light they carry it out because it is in their power to do it they covet fields and seize them and houses and take them they defraud a man of his home a fellow man of his inheritance what they are doing is they have power now you, you see because they are in a place of influence and because they have a uh, affluence and they are in a, a place uh, of prominence and uh, you know the the main hubs uh, and so they are able to exercise power and authority over the rest of the nation and so what is happening here is god is pointing that out in chapter 2 verse 1 and 2 and he says who uh, to those who plan iniquity to those who plot evil on their beds at morning's light they carry it out because it is in their power to do it you know they plan they plot this is not something that happened by accident this is not to say oh it was my weakness it was just a mistake it was just you know i never expected i will behave in such a way uh, I, i it so happened that i met this woman and then i liked her and so happened that the inevitable happened no that doesn't happen just overnight it doesn't just happen at one meeting it 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 takes time it takes a, a lot of planning it takes a lot of plotting it takes a lot of you know desire and the desire grows within and the and it comes to the mind and and it dwells in the mind the desire is grown and fed by more and more of lustful desires and thoughts and then finally you know it is brought into action and that is how sin is given birth to it doesn't just happen you know in a moment uh, you know and so these people who are plotting and planning 
and uh, they would carry it out because they had the power to do it you see a lot of people can hide behind a lot of power and authority when you are in a place of power when you are in a place of authority you can snuff everybody else out and say you know what i think is right what i do is right you have no uh, power or authority to question me you can exercise a lot of power power is a very dangerous thing authority is a very dangerous thing it can be used to help people it can be used in good ways to benefit many lives and to bless many people but at the same time power and authority also corrupts people that's why you see a lot of politicians all over the world who are highly corrupt why because there's a lot of power at their disposal lot of money at their disposal lot of authority at their disposal and so here they had the power to do it and they covered fields and seized them so they were definitely authorities who were doing it they had a certain amount of position and title and when they went to the common man and they said i'm going to take this land remember you know uh, uh, ahab wanted to grab the property you know that's how it is you know they they want to they they look at something and they like it and they just want to grab it and this is happening so much even in today's world you know they would people would grab you know uh, properties and uh, uh, fields and homes and they rob people of their inheritance they trick people they say you know if you give so much if you send so much of money even yesterday somebody had posted a message you know i read saying if you uh, you know send us uh, just a small amount of money you know to us uh, uh, then we will uh, give you so much amount of money uh, you know in return and we will multiply that and so many offers like that it sounds very interesting if you will just you know sign this paper or if you just uh, you know send your bank details you know we're going to send you a lot of money from africa and we want to you know help uh, many uh, orphans in your country and we want to send you some charity you know just give us your bank details people come and offer many things and when they offer many things in return they are doing they are plotting planning something to grab something and so we are talking about selfish grabbers and that is the sin of the people of israel and judah they had the power to do it and sometimes you know we may not be grabbing properties and houses and buildings of other people sometimes there are even some christians who do that they even cheat their own siblings and take away the properties you know of their uh, family properties like the prodigal son did uh, you know took it away from the father and went away like that there are people who do that even today i even heard when i went to a bank uh, you know for my mother uh, you know to uh, have some uh, entry done on her passbook you know the bank uh, person uh, i think it was to withdraw a, a, a cash and she gave a check or something like that and she endorsed saying my son rajiv will you know sign and receive it so when she gave a check and i went and produced the check the the staff there asked uh, you know do you have an id uh whose signature is this and when i said this is my mother's check and she wanted cash she wanted me to go to the bank and withdraw for her they said uh, no there are many uh, children uh, you know when they have their elderly parents who are not so mobile and and their pensioners they they make them to sign empty checks and they put the money and they withdraw the money and take it away from them there are even children who do that to their own parents even today i heard it from the bank where we operate it, it is so heartbreaking when you hear things like that but that is how you find the people of israel where they were grabbing things and that is something that people are doing today also but i want us to also think about this we may not be grabbing properties and houses and uh, buildings of other people but what about 
grabbing opportunities what about grabbing somebody else's place while we stand in a line <laughs> you know probably you're on a queue uh, you know waiting for uh, in a counter or somewhere have you seen many times people will be just waiting and when some when the other person is turning that way they would just shift their position and come and stand before them you know quietly grab somebody else's place in a queue it may be even as small as that that is as much as equal to grabbing a property you know that kind of a mentality that kind of an attitude to grab somebody else's place to grab somebody else's reputation to grab somebody else's credit you know somebody else deserves the credit for what they did and and to show like i did the whole thing in offices in corporate enterprises don't it happen you know very often you know the subordinates and the team would do everything and the main guy you know the the project manager or somebody who is in place of authority comes in and says you know i did everything and he doesn't give the credit to those who actually did it grabbers selfish grabbers you know now that's the opposite of givers grabbers will never be givers givers you know god wants us to have a heart of generosity and to be givers people who will be generous to the poor people will be generous to those who have a need maybe somebody needs encouragement maybe somebody needs prayer maybe somebody needs love maybe somebody needs some uh, financial help we should be ready and willing to give hallelujah it's more blessed to you know give than to receive the bible says so that was another sin of the people of israel they were selfish grabbers and so we need to examine ourselves and see is there any contagious corruption within me where very easily you know it's it's going out you know and we are spreading and we influencing others with the wrong actions and wrong things that we are doing secondly about selfish grabbers how am i a grabber or am i a giver am i somebody who says if i set my eyes on what i want i want it somehow whatever it takes hook or crook i will get it or are we saying you know i want to be a giver it doesn't it doesn't matter you know if i get or not but i want to be a giver hallelujah that's the kind of heart that the lord wants us to have now in the middle of this kind of a scenario which micah is highlighting contagious corruption from the places of prominence uh, to the places of obscurity and then because of that prominence and because of the influence and power that is there there is also the selfish grabbers who are ready to grab things from others and who are grabbing you know for power and for more money and out of greed if there is greed in a person's heart that greed would never be you know uh, satisfying for them whatever they have they will never be satisfied but the one who is content in a little is someone who is blessed by the lord hallelujah and so are you grabber or a giver something that we need to check our own lives but if that is what you know how you are looking at your own life and saying you know there is some contagious corruption that is within me or if you're saying that i've been a selfish grabber maybe this morning the lord wants you to turn around and give your life back to him and say lord i want to act justly and love mercy and walk humbly before you as we read in micah chapter 6 and verse 8 that was a theme verse the central scripture that unlocks this whole passage 
Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, the central crux of the message of Micah was that, Oh mortal, what is good? What does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly before your God? And the people of Israel had contagious corruption from the places of prominence and pomp, which was trickling down into places of obscurity. And then they were also selfish grabbers who were not givers but grabbers. And that is what something that you know, the Lord is confronting them because of their power and pomp and economy and influence that they had over others. You know, they were exercising that and they were grabbers and not givers. And that's something that we need to, you know, constantly be reminding ourselves and thinking through and seeing, are these things there within me? Is there something that I need to check? And if there's something that I need to leave, I need to leave. And from there on, we see in the message of Micah, you find that Micah is, uh, you know, as he confronts these sins, Micah is also highlighting the sins of the leaders and the prophets. The leaders and the prophets. And there you see what comes through is Micah's magistracy and ministry. A magistrate, you all know what a magistrate is. A magistrate is a civilian uh, law enforcement officer who exercises uh, the law and uh, uh, puts checks and balances and uh, brings people to justice. You see uh, Micah actually exercising a, uh, an authority like a magistrate. He's not just a prophet, but in the, in the office of a prophet, he is actually exercising an authority, a spiritual authority like a magistrate, where he's confronting the leaders with the law of God. And also you see him ministering to the people, and we'll come to that in a short while. The magistracy and the ministry of Micah. In chapter 3 and verses 1 to 3, let's read. Listen, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of the house of Israel. Should you not know justice, you who hate good and love evil, who tear the skin from my people and the flesh from their bones, who eat my people's flesh, strip off their skin and break their bones in pieces, who chop them up like meat for the pan, like flesh for the pot? So he's asking uh, the leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, speaking directly to the king. Now king is the custodian of the law and the one who exercises uh, uh, you know, uh, justice and uh, righteousness on the nation by you know, giving his verdict on disputes. They were like judges during those times. And he's calling the king to account. If anyone calls the king or the leader of the nation to account, that person can even, you know, have their head, you know, beheaded actually. And he's saying, should you not embrace justice? You who hate good and love evil, who tear the skin from my people and the flesh from their bones, who eat my people's flesh, strip off their skin and break their bones into pieces, who chop them up like meat for the pan, like flesh for the pot. Basically, they are making use of the people and they are amassing wealth for themselves and they are, you know, stripping off everything from the lives of the people by taxes and so many things that they, you know, bring about. The leaders are doing that. And, and so he's exercising a spiritual authority, the magistracy uh, of, uh, and the ministry of uh, Micah we see here. And also in verses 5 to 7 we read. This is what the Lord says. As for the prophets who lead my people astray, 
If one feeds them, they proclaim peace. If he does not, they prepare to wage war against him. Therefore, night will come over you without visions, and darkness without divination. The sun will set for the prophets, and the day will go dark for them. The seers will be ashamed, and the diviners disgraced. They will all cover their faces because there is no answer from God. You see, this is what is happening there. The people, uh, the prophets, are prophesying in the name of the Lord, and they are leading the people Israel of Israel astray. What the prophets are prophesying, they are proclaiming peace. Does doesn't that sound like a good message? Doesn't God give a good news always? Oh yes, he does. But sometimes the good news is not just peace. The good news is also pointing out sin in our life. The good news is also calling us to repentance so that the wrath of God will not come upon us. That we may repent quickly. But what the prophets were doing, they were leading the people astray by saying peace, peace. Why did they say peace? Because so that they would get something to eat. But, and, and then they prepare to wage war against anyone who refuses to feed them. You know, I will preach to you peace. And if you feed me, I will keep preaching to you peace. And if you don't feed me, I will immediately become your enemy. That is exactly the mentality they had. They were eating out of the people and they were getting people to feed them. And their bellies were growing bigger. You know, that's what is happening even in today's world. There are many people who speak in the name of God. Everyone who carries a Bible today in their hands and wear white clothes becomes a pastor or a prophet or a prophetess. And they begin to say all kinds of things in the name of God to earn from people. And they prophesy things that, you know, what the itching ears want to hear. They will prophesy things that, you know, that will, that will uh, uh, fulfill their heart's desires and their own carnal intentions. They will, they will prophesy what the listener wants to hear rather than telling the truth plainly from the word of God. And because prophets are doing like that, the wrath of God is coming upon the nation, leaders and prophets. Rulers and prophets, both the, the spiritual leaders and the worldly leaders, all have sinned. And here you see Micah in that context rising up with magistracy and his ministry. And you come down to chapter 3 and verse number 8. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord and with justice. But as for me, I am Filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, come on, say hallelujah. Or type a hallelujah in that chat box and say hallelujah. But I am filled with power, the spirit of the Lord. And with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression, to Israel his sin. Hallelujah. The power of the Lord is not only to work out miracles, signs and wonders. The power of the Holy Spirit is also given to speak for justice. To declare Jacob his transgression and Israel his sin. Hallelujah. Amen. The power of the Lord is not just for magical things. The power of the Lord is not just for some showmanship. The power of the Lord is not just to gather a crowd. The power of the Holy Spirit is not just to, you know, work out miracles and prophesy things that the itching ears of the people want to hear. But the power of the Holy Spirit is also 
to bring forth, you know, declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. Hallelujah. And so this is the magistracy and the ministry of uh, Micah. Hallelujah. Which was powerful. Hallelujah. The power of the Holy Spirit was upon him. And he, knowing the scenario of the leadership of the nation. And knowing the scenario of the prophets who speak in the name of the Lord. The Lord is filling him with power to speak forth boldly. Hallelujah. To speak forth in such a way where the people of Israel will turn to God because a central theme of Micah's message as we read in 6 and verse 8 to act justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God that is what he was calling the people to hallelujah true apostolic type leaders are not the conventional types if you go back if you go back to first century if you go back to Peter you know and you look at Ananias and Sapphira when they plotted and planned to lie to the apostle Peter and they come and after they have sold the land while it was completely at their disposal to do whatever they wanted to do with the money and they come back and say this is the amount for which we sold and tell a lie to Peter and give an offering to give an impression to Peter as if they gave everything while they held back some. And when they lied uh, to Peter, it was not just to Peter they lied. At that very moment when Peter confronted him, he fell dead. And then his wife comes in a little while looking for the husband. And he, Peter looks at, you know, the sapphire and, and he says, uh, you know, the, just now the, the, the feet of the men who carried your husband's body have just left. And she comes and is this amount for which you sold the property? She said yes. And he says how can you both as a husband and wife contagious corruption. Contagious corruption as a husband and wife together plan and do a sin together. And he said, you have not lied to me, but you have lied to the Holy Spirit. At that very moment, the words came out of his mouth. And Sapphira also died and she was also buried. And the fear of the Lord fell on all the people because of what had happened in the early church. And the people trembled when they looked at the prophets and the apostles. True apostolic leaders are not the conventional types. He didn't say, oh, you brought me an offering. Oh, so lovely. You know, God will bless you a thousandfold. <laughs> God will enlarge you. God will bless you. You know, Peter was not showering Ananias and Sapphira with blessings. He didn't even want to take it in his hand. There have been times when apostolic type leaders would refuse to take an offering. Refuse to take an offering. I have done that once. I have done that once. Because I did not have a clear leading. To take an offering when somebody gave it. No it is not about the money brother sister. If, if we were just to do a church. And run a ministry for the sake of money. We could do many hundred many other better things. To make easy money. With, with, without much of effort and strain. As much as we have to, to do now. It's not about the money. Money will come, money will go. But if that is the central focus of a ministry, that ministry is, is a flawed ministry. That ministry is a fake ministry. That ministry will not pass the test of fire as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. When, when on the last day, on the day of the Lord, when, when the deeds of our hands are put through the fire, you know, God is going to see whether we built, what we built with, whether with precious stones or with the, would stay, you know, hay and straw. 
If we have built everything with wood, hay and straw, it would get burnt with a fire. But if we have built our lives and ministry and everything we do with precious stones, then it will pass through the fire and the reward will be great. Apostolic type leadership is not a conventional type. They will not be men pleasers. They will not preach what the people want to hear. They will not be afraid to speak what is just and righteous. They will not be grabbers. No, they will not do things for their personal gain. They will be givers. They will be filled with the power of God. True power of God will be manifest where there are people who have renounced contagious sin. True power of God will be manifest where their people have renounced, you know, being selfish grabbers. That is where magistracy and ministry flows. Hallelujah. To the power of God to confront sin and the power of God to minister to people in an effective way flows out of such ministry. And they will sometimes be alone. They will not be popular. They will not earn the reputation and the goodwill of all people because when they begin to speak out the sins of people, people will hate them. The people of Israel are now encouraged by Micah's message. As he confronts, but the Lord is also not confronting always. He always comes with a message of restoration of their lives. Here, Pete, uh, you know, uh, Micah is constantly prophesying about the coming destruction that is going to come through Assyria and through Babylon. And God is going to use Assyria and Babylon to teach a lesson to Israel. And Micah is prophesying to them. And his magistracy and ministry is seen. And that is the kind of ministry that you and I also need to pursue. We need to pursue the kind of ministry that Micah had. He says in verse 8 of chapter 3. But as for me, I am filled with power. With the spirit of the Lord. And with justice and might. To declare to Jacob his transgression. And to Israel his sin. But there is a sure confidence. Number 4. In the message of Micah. I'm going to quickly close in the sure confidence that Micah speaks about in chapter 7 and verses 8 to 10 that the people of Israel are promised the sure confidence that they will have. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Because I have sinned against him, I will bear the Lord's wrath until he pleads my case and establishes my right. He will bring me out into the light. I will see his righteousness. Then my enemy will see it and will be covered with shame. She who said to me, Where is the Lord your God? My eyes will see her downfall. Even now she will be trampled underfoot like mire in the streets. If you embrace the message of Micah, you can live with sure confidence in the Lord and you can look at your enemy and say, Do not gloat over me, though I have fallen I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord is my light. Hallelujah. The Lord will be my light. Because I have sinned against him, I will bear the Lord's wrath until he pleads my case and oppose my cause. He will bring me out into the light. I will see his righteousness. You and I, if we embrace this message of Micah, and the central message of Micah, going back to 6 and verse 8, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To 
to do act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly before your God. If you embrace that message, if you embrace that message, you will be able to walk with sure confidence and look at your enemy and say right in the eye, I, though I sit in darkness today, though I have fallen today, though I suffer the consequences of my sins today, I will rise again. Hallelujah. Brother, sister, this morning, I want to call you to follow and embrace the message of Micah. To recognize in our life that we do not have any contagious sin of any kind that will not flow out of our life into the lives of others. Renounce that. If there is anything that is in you that can pass on to somebody else, renounce that. Sins may be private, but they are never, sins are personal, but they are never private. They always have a public consequence. They may be personal sins. You might have done it by yourself, but they are never they never remain private. They always have a public consequence. And so renounce contagious corruption and not be a selfish grabber but a giver. And when you embrace that message of Micah, you can rise up with sure confidence. This morning I want to call you to come into that sure confidence. You might be suffering in your life. You might be going through pain. You might be going through trouble. You might be going through sickness. It might be something that you are unable to bear also. But I want you to know, even though you might sit in darkness, even though it might look like everything has fallen around you, the whole world around you is fallen. But I want you to tell you in the name of the Lord that you will arise. Hallelujah. Come on, tell yourself, speak to yourself in the name of Jesus and say, I will arise. Hallelujah. Come on, open your mouth and say it in the name of Jesus. Touch your neighbor in your home, in your family and tell them, I will arise. Hallelujah. Amen. I will arise. Hallelujah. And I will not sit in darkness. I will see the light because the Lord himself will be the light. Hallelujah. Amen. And fifthly, we will close with this. The Lord's compassion and covenant is extended to the people once again. In chapter 2 and verses 12 and 13, we read. Chapter 2 and verses 12 and 13. I will surely gather all of you, O Jacob. I will surely bring together the remnant of Israel. I will bring them together like sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pasture. The place will throng with people. One who breaks open the way will go up before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them, the Lord at their head. Hallelujah. Amen. This is what the Lord is saying to you this morning. God is saying, I will surely gather you. I will bring you together. The remnant of Israel, I will bring them like sheep into a pen, like a flock into its pasture. The place will throng with people. Again, your life will be rebuilt. Your life of loneliness will no more be a life of loneliness. It will not end as a life of loneliness. Your life will again be filled and surrounded with love and people. And uh, your life will be built up once again. The one who breaks open the way will go before them. They will break through the gate uh, and go out. Uh, their king will pass through before them. The Lord at the head. The Lord himself will go before you. And he will lead you. He will give you a breakthrough in your life. Uh, he will help you to solve those problems. Uh, he will open a way where there seems to be no way. He will bring you out into a spacious land. Uh, he will get you out of what you are stuck in. He will give you a 
breakthrough in your finance in your family in your job in your business uh, whatever it is in your health uh, whatever situation seem to have locked you up uh, god is saying that he who breaks open the way will open a way for you the flood gates of heaven will open up uh, hallelujah brother sister the lord is going to go before you and he at their head hallelujah that's the lord's compassion also in chapter 7 and verse 15 we read as in the days when you came out of egypt i will show them my wonders hallelujah god is saying as in the days when you came out of egypt as he did the plagues as he opened the red sea as he made the jericho city to fall as he gave victories over many kingdoms as he gave them oh amazing you know provision in the desert with manna and quail with a pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud going with them the same way the lord will do miracles and wonders in your life hallelujah when you embrace the message of maika and you say i do not want to have any contagious sin or corruption in me god has given me prominence god has elevated me god has given me money god has given me business god has given me a job god has given me good success god has given me influence god has given me leadership whatever god has given you which has elevated you if there is something that allows you you know if there's something that you given uh, you know space in your life uh, to be contagious uh, and a sin to you know go out of your life uh, this is a moment that you repent for it and leave it uh, and if you've been a grabber if you've been somebody who has been after success and money and to make it somehow and not so much a giver if you've been always after what you want and you've been craving for those things uh, god is saying this morning if you will not be a grabber but a giver and if you will change your ways uh, you act justly and love mercy and walk humbly before your god god is saying he will be moved with compassion and he will renew his covenant and if you embrace that message of maika this is what is going to happen god will enable you to function like maika in the magistracy and the ministry of maika and if you embrace that what will happen is you will rise with sure confidence hallelujah though you have fallen you will rise though you are in darkness you will see the light and god is saying i will show them wonders once again as i did in egypt hallelujah god will give you a breakthrough god will open the way for you god will lead you he will be at their head this is something that god is going to do and i don't want you to miss that god moment in your life would you close your eyes with me and pray right now and say yes lord i want to embrace and i want to follow the message of maika not to give room for contagious corruption in me lord you've given me prominence you've given me wealth you've given me leadership you've given me position you've given me lord everything that i desired and you brought me forth into a spacious place into a good place but let me not lose it lord hallelujah and if you have lost that oh if you have lost oh prominence and have gone into obscurity oh if you have lost the blessing and have gone become a pauper if you lost your health and you are suffering if you lost something good and something bad has happened in your life oh turn away from anything that has been contagious 
changes in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Turn away from being a grabber and become a giver. Hallelujah. And when you embrace that message of Micah, God will enable you to rise up with sure confidence. Hallelujah. With compassion and covenant, he comes to you. Hallelujah. To give you a breakthrough, to do the wonders that he does, did in Egypt. Hallelujah. Father in heaven, we come to you in Jesus' name. Right now, we pray that you will do a miracle in every heart, in every home, in every family, oh God. Every contagious sin that has corrupted the head of the house, that has come into the wife, that has come into the children, everything that has come into the family, everything that has gone into the business, everything that has gone into the job, everything that has spread out into some place among a group of friends, oh, wherever it is, Lord, we turn away from it, oh God. And Father, we pray that we will not be grabbers, that we will not be selfish, we will not be self-focused. And Lord, we will consider the interest of others more than ours. Hallelujah. Oh, the good of others more than ours, oh God. Hallelujah. We pray that we will be givers and not grabbers, oh Father. And we pray that we will rise up as an apostolic type of people. Lord, who will rise up to speak in the power of the Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. And we pray that we will, Lord, stand forth as we embrace the message of Micah that we will stand with confidence knowing that you open a way for us that you give us a breakthrough oh Lord we thank you for the breakthrough that is coming we thank you for the miracles that you're going to do we thank you for the wonders that you will show forth as you did for the people Lord in Egypt and as you let the people of Israel out of Egypt oh Father we pray that you will do them once again for your people we pray that as we embrace and love the message of Micah and Lord as we pray that we will Lord follow the words of the prophet Micah hallelujah we pray Lord that you will do wonders for your people like never before oh master do great and mighty things let your name be glorified in Jesus mighty name we pray amen amen